Blog Talk Radio. Well, it appears that I may have called into my own show late and missed the uh, intro. Keith, are you there? I am here. Did you hear the intro? <laughs> uh, no, I did not. Okay, well, that's fantastic. Um, anyway, so well, since I somehow messed up the beginning of the live show again, that's pretty fantastic. We're streaming live from the friendly confines of my home and his apartment in, love, in a lovely Midwestern city in central Indiana. Welcome to Being Humanist. I'm Mike. And I'm Keith. I was wondering if you would catch that or not. It's a lot harder when we're not in front of each other. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and and we're live. Uh, anytime you want to call in, uh, feel free at 646-668-8748. Um, you can find us on uh, uh, email at beinghumanist.podcast at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash beinghumanist.podcast and on Twitter at beinghumanistpc. So, uh, yeah, right now, uh, we're kind of, I'm, I'm kind of waiting on our, our friend to call in, but I guess while we're waiting on him, um, I, I thought I'd at least say hi and see what's up, man. What's going on? Oh, not much. I've, uh, spent most of my day cramming more calculus into my brain. Um, still plugging away at that degree. It'll be in my hands one of these days. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, you just kind of got over a spring break, didn't you? Yes. Uh, which, uh, spring break, of which I basically shut my brain off for the entire week and played uh, – Metal Gear Solid, The Phantom Pain. <laughs> uh, was it a uh, was it nice to take a break? It was nice, definitely. Um, uh, but you know, it also reminded me of how nice the much longer break that I'm about to get will be. So, you know, it has its ups and downs. Are you referring to the one when the semester's over? I'm sorry. Are you referring to your break for when the semester's over? That's correct. Yeah, this is okay. <laughs> this is a this semester has been the most uh, trying one I've I've uh, encountered so far. I, but you know, I'll get through it and things will be better in the future. Okay. Well, it appears that our third co-host for the evening has shown up. I'm going to uh, calmly allow him to, well. Hey, Uriah, how you doing? I am doing excellently, Mike. Thank you for asking. <laughs> you're you're very welcome. See, uh, we're doing our third live show today, and I think somehow I messed up my intro and thought I was connected, wasn't. When I called in, I didn't hear the intro song start, so I was like, wait a second, what's going on? So I've screwed up the second live show in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so if, you anybody's, know. If, if anybody's listening, yay. <laughs> well, it you know, 
um, that's the kind of mistake that I think counts as adorable and as opposed to like truly detrimental. So you're probably okay. (laughs) I think, I think we're only dealing with a couple listeners anyway. So, you know, we should be all right. (laughs) Right. Oh, Mike would, I mean, if, if you'd like Mike, I can grab my guitar and I can just, you know, strum out the uh, intro uh, live here. (laughs) I, I can just make angry guitar noises with my mouth. Would that help? That'll work. That'll work. Now, if I had to, I can always go. It is in my sound bank. All I have to do is hit play. That's, you know, so much, you know, whatever. I, I could go for Keith's guitar, though. Well, you know, I'd have to get up and, like, leave the room <laughs> and get it and all of that. So. <laughs> While I, on the other hand, always have my angry guitar noises ready and waiting. Just say uh, the word. Oh, all right. <laughs> Is that a is that a program box or where you just hit the button or is that um, your own mouth? That that's just my mouth. That's just me. So I I can't. I see. I was gonna do it, but um, I now realized you feel the pressure. I'm, I'm, well, a little bit, and I'm out of tune. I, I haven't had a tune up in weeks, um, <laughs> and yeah. and I don't I don't have the little the little tuner box with me to like check and make sure that my angry guitar noises are correct. I got gotcha. you. It'll be okay. <laughs> um, so we kind of started off the show a little awkward, which is fantastic. Um, but um, uh, generally, well, Uriah, you, you kind of jumped on the, the first live short test show. I don't know how many people yeah. actually listen to it or not. Um, so I didn't really get a chance to introduce you. I don't know how many people know you um, or or remember you from that show. Because uh, I, I think you came in about halfway through it. But that sounds about right, yeah. Who, um, so, who's, who's making the awkward noises? Not it. <laughs> what, I, what awkward noises would you be speaking of? It, it just sounded uh, like bouncing going on. You know, I'm not, not so sure. Well, that's there it is weird. Again. That was the noise. Yeah, yeah that was the noise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid to know what's going on over in Keith's apartment. <laughs> uh, I was just uh, finishing something up. <laughs> okay, I'm going to leave that one alone. Um, <laughs> so, I don't even know where to go from there. Um, but I, so, uh, I'll move forward and I'll say, hey, Uriah. <laughs> Hi, um, Mike. Yeah, so um, I, I figured, okay, so I, I'll give a little bit of background for the audience um, as to who Uriah is, uh, who you are, and then I'll I'll let you fill in the rest of it for a moment. Um, a couple summers ago, Uriah jumped, uh, jumped on a chance from South Korea. He contacts me and says, hey, Mike, do uh, you care if I do an internship with your office over the summertime? And I was like, holy cow, that'd be really cool. Um, so Uriah did some video work for me at, uh, the place I work, um, over the summer, helped me do some really cool stuff. And, um, of course, because of who I am and, um, how, let's see, I think, I think this, um, kind of happened during what might've been the beginning of my angry atheist phase with Keith as he was coming out of the atheist closet and he was angry. I was also feeding off of that. So I was not, I don't know, maybe I wasn't specifically angry, but I was always talking about it with everybody, especially those who um, were religious and were open to the idea of talking about such things. 
and um, Uriah and I had a chance, had many chances to talk about um, all kinds of deep stuff. Um, so, yeah, I hear. I guess if if you don't get it, uh, I, I I would assume Uriah, you would call yourself a Christian, and uh, yeah. well, I, uh, I prefer. I, I like the term Christ follower. Um, Christian has has some really bad political connotations these days. Um, and, and, uh, uh, it's hard to, to want to use it all the time. I mean, yeah, Christian, it's the easy word. It's the one that, that I guess a lot of people use. I'm interrupting you. I'm sorry. Well, no, I mean, I was just going to ask you. Yeah. I mean, I guess you kind of finished it off for me, but yeah. Um, is it really that, um, where, I guess, where do you think that comes from as far as, um, I, I I know you and a couple of other people who you prefer to use Christ follower as opposed to Christian. And I mean, you kind of just said it's got political connotations. So what do you think that comes from? What's the big deal? Well, um, wow. Jump right into it. So Let's I, I do think, it. um, yeah, no, um, I like the term Christ follower because my, uh, I, I try to structure my life around the teachings of Jesus Christ um, now, to me, I, re- I regard that as, as a spiritual figure. Um, others see him as a historical figure or uh, just a guy uh, from the Middle East. Um, but uh, to me, um, you know, just trying to follow what Jesus said um, is uh, sort of a core um, driving force. Um, and it, and, um, uh, I uh, I don't know Christian, especially the term evangelical Christian, um, since Reagan activated the moral majority, um, has always kind of felt more like a political term to me, um, at least as long as I've been paying attention. Um, so I I just I heard somebody say Christ follower once they were they were ditching the term Christian for Christ follower, um, and uh, I sort of jumped on that bandwagon without really thinking about it. Uh, and then looked into it a lot more later in life and realized I actually love it. Um, okay. Um, um, <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to add on to that. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything to add to that? I mean, how would you, um, do you think that you almost went that way before you switched directions? Uh, in a sense, yeah. I um, I grew up, obviously, as we have heard a million times on this show, in a religious home. Um, but as as an adult, after I got out of the house, I wasn't much of a churchgoer. I didn't really practice Christianity, though I professed myself to be one. Um, I think, I think, uh, yeah, I would say that it's something similar to what Uriah is saying. I think is a path that I took. Um, I had a big problem with uh, the supernatural aspect of a lot of uh, of Christianity. I don't, where, where do you stand on that, Uriah? Are you uh, are, are you full in, all in on the supernatural aspects of the Bible, or do you feel like some of that might be allegorical? Or um, I think that I, I think there's a balance to be struck there. Um, I, I mean, obviously, once you start believing in. Uh, uh, a deity or a deific figure, um, there there is inherently a supernatural element there. Um, I don't I don't believe that every single story in the Bible um, uh, is uh, a 100% historically accurate 
retelling of what happened. Um, I think that there are a lot of natural forces at play um, in, uh, in, in, in a lot of miracles and a lot of the Old Testament stories. Um, I, I, I really, you know, they chalk it up to and, and they write about um, God's divine intervention in, in all those stories. Um, I don't I don't completely discount that as a possibility, um, but I think more often than not, um, the the natural order of things uh, is going to is is more likely, more and more accurate. Right. Yeah. And I I, I completely understand that. And, and as far as um, for me, like the idea of God was something. Uh, outside of what we experience here, I suppose I, I, when I still profess belief in a God and, and I, and again, you said, when you said that those things are possible, you shouldn't discount the possibility. I completely, even as an atheist, someone who professes to be an atheist, I, I agree with that. I still don't want to discount the possibility of any of those things, um, or even the existence of a God. So I suppose I take a position that I, 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 I think I've said this a few times too, Mike, and you probably have, uh, where I would, uh, say that I uh, don't believe that there is a God, but I do acknowledge the possibility. And I, and I can honestly say that there, I don't know. <laughs> There's no way to, I can't definitively say there is no God, but I think I always kind of looked at God as um, something that existed outside of it, outside of our realm, something that we really had no tangible way of reaching i just had this sort of inkling that he's out there <laughs> and uh does that make any sense to you yeah um absolutely i've gone through some periods like that and i and i i think sometimes i i still kind of feel that way um there was a there was a time um my my first semester in college i went to a wesleyan university um and the one of the classes one of the mandatory first semester classes is called uh, it's well, I won't say the name, but it's basically how to be a Christian and like how to how to think about Christianity our way, um, which is not nearly as there were some good moments, but a lot of them were bad. Anyways, um, so w- one of the things that I learned about there that I thought was really neat was uh, was deism um, and just the concept that that God sort of creates the world um, and then puts it in a bottle um, and leaves it alone um, and, and lets it run. And I really latched onto that for a long time. And to me, like this, this God who um, was all powerful and was all capable and was all knowing um, just sort of did a thing and made it and set the natural order to work the way it was supposed to. And now we experience it. Um, I don't know that I still fall in that camp uh, all the time, but it's definitely an idea um, that bounces around. Uh, yeah, sure. That makes complete sense. And deism is definitely something that I, uh, I flirted with that for quite a while myself. Um, it's an interesting concept. I, I just kind of ultimately came to the conclusion that, well, if, if there is a God that created everything and just kind of let things be and let them run their course like how can we how can we actually quantify that and 
what really would be his purpose other than to create us. I don't know. I just kind of, that was, it kind of led me down the, deism actually led me down the path to atheism. Yeah. Um, I, I've heard that story before. I've heard the, the um, deism, deism to atheism story. I've also heard the, the deism back to Christianity story. Um, I've heard, uh, you know, a couple of narratives that way, but um, I think, um, Oh shoot! Say um. What you, what you need help with? I just say um. Wow! I started talking and to- totally lost my train of thought. Um, that we me, call a brain fart. It happened. I am apparently at an age where those are just normal now. Um, <laughs> you're looking at for a term, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> And now that I've sat here thinking about it so long, I'm pretty sure I've lost it completely. Keith, can you give me the last thing you said about, um, uh, oh gosh. Oh, it was such a good response. I had it planned in my head and then I started talking and I lost it. <laughs> Dang it. It's a live show and you're ruining it, Uriah. I well, am, I, and, and you know what? And this is the beauty of live radio, right? I did, I did that a little. It is. Um, um well, maybe I reference. Are you refer, maybe looking for when I was speaking about deism? What you, yeah. What it, it, in terms of deism, where I had come to the conclusion of like, if there is a god that just kind of wound up the clock and let it go. Yes. What 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 would be the the use for for that god really, other than just creating? Like, did you is that maybe what you had a response to? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> thank you. That's exactly what I had. So um, the the idea um, that God created us uh, in His image is um, is pretty central to Christianity. And um, when you look at us, um, and and you see that sometimes we just do things for the amusement of it, um, or uh, or sometimes we do think we, we create things or we do things because we feel this inherent urge to create or to do. Um, I think that that sort of, uh, that sort of explains that part of like why God would put the world in a bottle. Um, uh, and uh, you know, again, it's not perfect. Um, but I do, you know, I do really latch on to that. God created us in his image, and as such, we are creators. Um, and uh, so I, I believe that there is some chance that he just did it for the lulls. <laughs> <laughs> well, well hey, there is a... we, we can't discount any possibility. So. <laughs> no, no um, and, and, I, and you know what? And there is some, there's some mystery, I think, uh, and there's something beautiful about the mystery, right? Just not knowing is okay. Um, you know, it, it allows us to have conversations like this um, and to you're, discuss you're ideas. To sound like an... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'm starting to sound like a what? You're, you said uh, it's okay not to know. That sounds like Keith and I. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's really dangerous. It's a dangerous belief to, to, to hold that, right. To say, Oh, it's okay not to know. Uh, especially now when information is like a currency, um, and engaging in that is, is kind of great. Um, because if you feel like you have to know everything all the time, 
there is going to come a point in your life where you fail. Like point blank, you're you're not going to know something at some point. Um, oh, absolutely, it's so, impossible. Yeah. Um. So it's way freeing, I think, to say I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I but I'd like to talk about it and figure out. Uh, you know what we can figure out. You know, I don't know that I know a lot of um, Christians who have said that they don't or do know everything specifically, but the things that do stick out in my mind are conversations like uh, the one where the one that Kim Han- Kim Ken Ham and Bill Nye had a couple years back. Um, mm-hmm. This it, I'm I bring it up because I saw a meme today uh, for both of them where. Um, the question was asked, what would it take you to change your mind? Ken Ham responds with nothing, or, you know, he he knew exactly what the truth was, and Bill Nye responds with evidence. His mind can yeah. change. And that sounds like a scary thing for me to know that there is nothing that could change Ken Ham's mind, period. And um, l- listening I to feel- you say what you say just kind of, uh, turns that on its head for Christian, my view of, of some Christians, I guess. Well, um, it's, it's, it's good and bad that you bring up Ken Ham. I'm not a fan. Um, I don't. <laughs> Pat Robertson. <laughs> <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> that is another, I didn't know that they weren't, they didn't get, they weren't buddies. Um, Pat Robertson thinks he's an idiot for thinking the earth is only 10,000 years old. Did Pat Robertson just say something meaningful? Yeah, I feel that. I can't. I can't. <laughs> that one just I, kind I'm of sticks some, with me. I'm having some cognitive dissonance right now because I I, <laughs> I find myself thinking good things about a Robertson, um, but uh, no, it's uh, Ken Ham is is an interesting character. Um, this 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 will and he's he's um uh he's sort of um emblematic of a subset of Christianity who does have this really rigid, um, this really strong belief that, okay, the earth is only six to 10,000 years old. And um, the, how, you know, the dinosaurs are, some people are going to give you the dinosaurs are fake. Some people are going to give you the dinosaurs are, um, you know, they they coexisted with humans, which is just bonkers to me. Uh, um you know, and and um, he became this mouthpiece for a while um, that really made it made me struggle with Christianity and with faith. Um, uh, and uh, a lot of other people, a lot of other Christians, a lot of other people of other faiths or no faith just see this guy and just I don't know how somebody can be so universally disliked and still continue doing what he's doing. I guess because he has just enough like and just enough followers and just enough money to believe to keep to keep doing what he's doing. <sighs> Anyways, Ken Ham. Not my not yeah, that, my friend. That was kind of a that was kind of a tangent there. I didn't necessarily mean to go that direction, but it just kind of made me think about it the way you said it. Um it's okay not to know. I mean yeah. that's a really awesome thing to hear coming out of your mouth. Thank you. Not to say that you're a bad person by any means. I think that sometimes people are so strong in their faith that they just uh, they would never acknowledge that something might be impossible or that it 
that God may not exist or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, um, there's more and more of us, uh, these days who are willing to, to talk about that kind of thing, to say, to say that we don't know, to accept, um, I, I keep, I keep calling it, you know, the, the mystery of God, right? Like we had, we've, we've got the academic side pretty, I mean, they keep, we keep studying and we keep figuring new things out and interpreting things differently, but we, there, there is beauty in not knowing and there is beauty in mystery and in, in uh, the ethereal nature of ideas and uh, people and concepts, I guess. Agreed. Mystery is what uh, drives discovery. So yeah, that's, that's the truth. Um, it's kind of funny <clears throat> thinking about Ken Ham, you know, you brought up Ken Ham. I can't resist. Um, <laughs> but he he's also one of those um, that would say basically that well humans can't be possibly causing something like climate change because you know God's already predestined when the world's going to end anyway so uh, you know there's like you know yeah <laughs> Just because God is predestined, just to go on his own, on that own argument, just in its own little capsule right there, even if God has predestined when the world is going to end, that doesn't mean that humans aren't causing it. That doesn't mean that that humans aren't contributing. This is why I love you. (laughs) Well, okay. So I, I studied, I studied debate and communications just long enough to, to know how to, to encapsulate an argument like that. Um, and, uh, and and fight it on its own merits. I don't know. So so where are you going with that, Keith? Oh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we we had we had a few uh, topics in mind today. I think the first one kind of centered around uh, our current president <laughs> and his uh, his new budget. And, <laughs> and that is what we call a classic segue. As soon as, as soon as he said, as soon as he started to do it the first time, I was like, "Hey, I, I know what's happening here." <laughs> yeah, I need to be less obvious about this, but nice work, sir. I was like, "How are we going to get into this thing?" <laughs> We've been talking so deeply about Uriah's Mike, history, and Mike, you know, I always find a way. <laughs> this is why I need you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Keith. Continue, please. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, as we know, uh, our um, wonderful commander in chief, um, uh, that's all I'm going to say, has uh, recently rolled. <laughs> yeah, number 45 has recently rolled out his new uh, budget plan. And um, he, as we know, he's not a huge uh, proponent of uh, halting the anthropogenic climate change issue um or well he is he's wanting to halt it in a way but not in the in the way that that a lot of us would desire um one of his major cuts in this budget would be to uh several nasa programs and that would include um nasa's earth sciences uh program so uh it's pretty cool that he 
wants NASA to focus more on space exploration, but at the same time to completely try to steal their thunder when it comes to studying the Earth's climate. Because if you think about it, you know, Earth actually is in space. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of like it's still sort of space exploration. But um, studying our Earth's climate is something that he wants to make less of a priority within NASA and more space exploration as far as getting to Mars by 2020, um, doing some studies on Europa, uh, not landing on Europa, though. Apparently that's part of the part of the cut. Um, but anyway, uh, what, what do you guys think? What do you make of this uh, Trump's uh, grand plan to cut NASA's Earth Sciences program? I think it kind of falls directly into his whole, I mean, I saw, I saw another meme today or a, I think a science enthusiast posted a, 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 a tweet from somebody else. I can't remember who it was, but basically it consisted of um, um, uh, wanting to hide information from people um, just to back up how you feel about things. So it's like uh, one group is hiding information there or sorry, they're, they're sticking their head in the sand because they want to pretend that it's not happening, but they also want to cut funds from the groups of people who would be providing that information. So nobody else can learn about it too. Um, I, I guess I think that's exactly what's happening and it's a, um, it's a scary thing. Um, I would... Go ahead. You're right. This cut, this trying to tell NASA what to do from a business person and a politician um, is absolutely terrifying um, because there are, there are a lot more people. There are a lot smarter people uh, at NASA who have a much better idea of what they should be doing right now. Um, and for somebody to come in and say, well, I think you need to, I think I, 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 as a business person or I, as a politician, I'm going to come in and tell you scientists how to do your job, um, is really arrogant. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, not a good idea. Uh, let, let the people who know what they're talking about, figure out what they should be doing, um. I don't know. I know. I mean, like I know just enough about space to like get excited and talk about it, but I'm not going to go and tell NASA what they need to be doing right now. Right. And not only is it arrogant, I mean, it's insulting to the, 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 the time that these people have put into learning about the physical world and uh, just the, the immense amount of study time probably lost time with family uh you, you, i don't think people understand the the scale of of what what word am i looking for here just be becoming a scientist just earning a phd in any discipline of science is just a major major undertaking and it's i'm not even any i'm, I'm just studying biology at just for an undergraduate degree. And, and sometimes I'm just overwhelmed by the amount of information that's coming at me. And it, it just makes me feel stupid. <laughs> like to become an expert in any field, in any discipline of science is, is just, it's just that it, you know, it wows me every, that somebody can even get there. And 
for someone to put that kind of time into learning something and then just to have this this person who knows absolutely nothing about it tell them what they should be and should not be doing for the the progression for scientific advancement um, or when they're warning us that something that terrible is happening and we're causing it and yeah no 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 it can't be that it, that I think it's insulting as as well as arrogant particular article it's from the 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 article you're referring to is uh the los angeles times um and i have the link for it um in the show notes but um i was actually kind of surprised that they weren't cutting they're actually not cutting a large amount from the budget but they are kind of redirecting it i guess um not in comparison to what they're going to do with the epa and another uh but there was something I read in here. I, I can't find it right off. I'm, I was trying to find it, but they were, uh, uh, I saw something about, they had a, uh, they were going to test, um, uh, I think, uh, some, somehow to do with climate change, they were going to use a spectrometer. Did you see that Keith? I don't think I did. No. Maybe it was in the second article. <laughs> I know that I saw something about pointing a spectrometer back at Earth um, to help measure the effects of global warming, and I wasn't exactly sure how it was going to work. But I mean, that among with so many other just uh, you know tests, I mean things, numbers that they're going to run to figure out where we are with things, and it's just like for the next four years, this stuff's just going to disappear. I, um, I don't, I don't know what to do with that. And I think the more time goes on, the more I get worried about. I mean, how much longer are we going to have the EPA? Yeah, it's looking pretty bad for them too. Um, well, first you put Scott Pruitt as the head of it, and <laughs> that's that's a major red flag just to start before we even talk about cuts. I saw. Um, Somebody, some conversation, somebody came in with. I think Donald Trump is is coming in to dismantle as much government as possible, um, and and he's doing that. Like specifically, Scott Pruitt uh, in the EPA and Rex Tillerson as Secretary of State and Betsy DeVos as the Secretary of Education. Just like that, just screams, um, you know, let's run this ship aground. Um, and, uh, that's, that's, that's worrying because he picked all the right people to do exactly that. So what are we supposed to do in the next four years? Well, according, according to, uh, those that think we shouldn't worry about all of these cuts to science programs and the EPA and things like that, we, we should feel encouraged by the, the private, donations that could be taking place but as um it, the good point was made in one of the other articles that we've linked here that, that the private donations while they're well, they're good they're a good thing well for one they don't crack the surface of what you know publicly funded uh science and research um can accomplish because the the scale of what publicly funded research uh, allows like basically they're allocating these funds through all of the disciplines and we can focus on even the boring things that nobody cares about. But 
through the but when we're talking about private funding well we have people who have a special interest here so the, they're they're funding things that's that are that, are, that are, seem cool for the most part or the the I think, as the article put it, the hot and the hot, sexy scientific topics is what they're going to be funding, and the ones that are a little slower to progress, we we might be getting less um, funding to those. No matter how, I guess people just if it's not an instant gratification, people don't understand how important it is. So, so I, the common person is not going to really care about that, and. Um, it's just it's pretty scary how how far behind we could fall if we continue down this path. I, I and I guess in one sense I'm kind of hoping that um, other powerhouses, if you if you want to call them that, in the world, other countries who are dedicated to the science and stuff, I hope they kind of uh, carry on the torch. I suppose, but but yeah, I know what you're talking about because uh, uh, I mean they referred to. Bill Gates and uh, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, specifically how much money that they're giving, donating to try to solve some world issues and whatnot. And uh, yeah, while it's billions of, I think they mentioned something about a couple or $3 billion that Zuckerberg was donating, but that doesn't compare to the multi, multi billion dollars coming from tax funded uh, funded, uh, places. So it's, yeah, you're right. I mean, the private sector is great, but I don't I don't think we're getting that much interest out of it. Well, and look at what happens in the private sector with those kinds of donations. Bill Gates picks a thing or two at a time for, for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to focus on. Um, and they work really hard toward that goal, and they do a lot of really good work. Um, but that's still only one thing that they're able to focus on. You need you you need more hands. You need more people looking into a variety of topics um, if you want to make any kind of meaningful progress on the 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 broad goal of making humans' lives suck less. Absolutely, I, yeah. Right, and I don't think people just understand how much science has made humans' lives suck less. I mean, basically, <laughs> our entire culture is it's almost been built upon scientific discovery because just think of all that we have the transportation the communications the medicine the it's just astounding that that we would turn our backs on something so important and in the distrust in the scientific community where did that come from? I mean, is it just the, the fear of, is it considered one of our institutions and there's just this widespread distrust of our institutions? I've heard that argument. Um, I think it, it might just be uh, to some that or to some degree, just like fear of the unknown, right? Like people don't know science as well as they used to, or, or we've had such, such grand scientific advancements in the last, you know, pick any amount of years and we've just have seen such growth um, in, in the, the, the knowledge base that we have is as humanity Um, and uh, people who don't stay really close and really on top of it, or, you know, just happen to be in school at the right time. um, It's easy to fall behind to, to forget your not forget, but to, to lose, um, access to, to updated knowledge. 
Um, and if you don't know what's going on and things are changing all around you, uh, it, it's really easy to hole up and say, mm, no, I'm just going to pretend this isn't happening or I'm going to actively pursue, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to actively fight against this because this isn't what I know. This is, this is challenging me and, uh, in ways that make me uncomfortable. Um, right. And so that right there, what you're, you're talking about, that goes back to lazy education. So we have all these people who are just born into these comforts and, uh, they're just there. They, they've just always been there. They don't know why they're there. They're, they're enjoying them. And, uh, but we're not, we're not doing a good enough job of teaching people like, Hey, we weren't always at this point and this is how we got here. And this is why it's important to continue down this path. And uh, how do we get, <laughs> so I guess that, that education, that's another thing. And you mentioned Betsy DeVos and that's, Oh, Oh God, that scares me. <laughs> I don't even, I don't even want to think about her. <laughs> it's, it's such a, it's, it's such a strange thing for me. Um, we have talked about number 45 for every return episode. Well, we've had five or six episodes so far. There were three uh, not live, and now this is the third live show, Keith. So so we've talked about how how uh, frightening life is going to be for the last uh, all these episodes. It's like it's very frustrating. You mentioned earlier um, how do we live, right? How do we go on? with with the knowledge that we have and i think part of it is um not focusing on all of the awful things which is difficult because there's a lot of really awful stuff happening um but but um you know engage really actively in good um engage really actively in love and in your family and in the people around you and in the things you enjoy doing um, I'm Absolutely. not saying I'm not saying to ignore the bad. I'm not saying to pretend that that there is not some really really awful stuff happening. But um, if we steep ourselves in that, right? It, I mean, we're humans are sponges, um, and what you surround yourself with is what comes out of you uh, when when pressed. Um, and uh, I don't think that. Um, I don't think the right, I don't think the right answer is to focus on it, focus on the evil and focus on the bad and focus on the awful all the time. No, yeah, that's true. I agree. With you. I agree with you. Otherwise you'll drive yourself insane. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I, I guess the reason I bring it up is I keep hoping we're not going to have to talk about how things are going downhill all the time. Um, you know, in the last eight years, yeah, there were things that I certainly didn't agree with with Obama. Um, but I, um, I, yeah, it's just a, it feels like a, it's just a, such a complete 180. It is what yeah, it feels it, like. And I'm ready not to talk about it, I guess. And I'm like anxious yeah. for. There's always, a, there's always that possibility too that we're overreacting to everything. I mean, but it just it just seems like there's just one thing after another and maybe maybe we're just spending too much time dwelling on it too much time searching for the negative <laughs> well when when you are um and as we are as i mean we are science enthusiasts and and whatnot i mean when you have an appreciation for these things and you see that things are being cut from 
national budgets and especially when we already felt like uh uh for instance nasa doesn't get the amount of money that we feel like it should have been getting in the first place um i think those things kind of stick out to you so um i you know i just want to see good stuff happen right right you should I'm I'm not going to tell you how to do your job after this, but in this exact moment, I'm going to say maybe you should have a, a segment dedicated to uh, the good stuff that's happening. You could even call it the good stuff that's happening. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's take a sec. Let's take a moment to reflect on all the good that's going on in the world right now. That's a good idea. <laughs> um, that's really probably not a bad idea. We're probably depressing everybody that's listening anyway. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's possible. Uh, <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> no, um, I think depressing is wrong. I think I think we, uh, um, you know, when you have an audience and you have a platform like this, you have a, you have a certain responsibility to stay relevant and to talk about what's going on in, in the yeah. topic that you are, you know, that you you have an audience for. Um, and and I'm and I'm not saying that again. I'm not saying stick your head in the sand. I'm not saying ignore the really bad crap that's going on. But you know, don't. Don't live in it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Um, have we, have we, Keith? Have we buried this, or you know, have we beat a? What's the phrase? I don't want to say beat a dead horse. Beat a dead horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think we beat a dead horse. What do you think, Tristan? Are we beating a dead horse here? Yeah, I think so. Oh, hi, Tristan. <laughs> Hello. She just wanted to say hi. <laughs> Um, well, hello. Yeah. Uh, so Keith, you found this other really, uh, good article from NPR. Um, I don't really have a great transition, so I'm just going to go right into it. (laughs) Um, what, what spoke to you about this article? Do you remember what we're talking about? Oh yeah. Yeah, of course I do. No, I mean, I just thought it was interesting. I thought, um, I know that when I was, um, when I had stopped attending church, uh, there were a lot of reasons for that. And a lot of it was, this just seems so, one of my biggest hangups was, okay, I've got this guy up here who is basically giving me his interpretation of the Bible. And I'm taking and I'm just looking around and listening to all these people. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. And, and, and he's so revered. Of of course he has, he should be in a way because he's given him, you know, he's dedicated so much of his time into understanding scripture. But I, I, I just had this really odd feeling about this, this one person, usually, usually a man who's um, basically telling me how I should interpret God's word. And, Generally, uh, at least in the Midwest, uh, there's a very there's a rigidity about uh, uh, the churches around here too. They're they're just very conservative. They're very. Um, I, I just noticed a lot of gossipy things going on, and um, I just found that I, I was part of that is what was driving me away. And I found it interesting that there, we have like in this. Uh, article you're discussing here uh, a couple of uh, podcasters who have kind of taken a new way a new route as far as getting the word out and um, I just thought it was kind of interesting kind of cool and really probably a very good idea for religion for the Christian religion 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, you're referring to the article itself. Is, it's uh, It was on All Things Considered. It's uh, it's called Christians Turn to Podcasts to Say Things They Can't Say in Church. I thought that was an oh, interesting boy. title. It's a great title, and it and the uh, it's real. It's very real. The idea that you can't discuss, like, certain topics are just totally um, not up for question. Um, like, and 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 they don't always feel like okay. So there are certain dogmatic things, right? Um, uh, like the, the personhood of Jesus, or or the, you know the deity of, of of Christ, right? Like we have these things that we we can't really fight. We can't talk about that because we, we those have been set in stone by you know by by religious uh, by by religious you know fathers. Um, but uh, um, now <laughs> things like politics are things we can't talk about. Um, and that feels, it feels wrong um, in a lot of ways um, to, to not be able to engage those conversations with people because we sh- <laughs> making politics dogma when it should be peripheral is not okay. And not being able to talk about it with people, uh, especially people that, you know, I share a community with, right? Churches often refer to themselves as families, and and uh, you know that's I think that's how it's supposed to be, and um, that's the kind of thing that you would normally get to talk about with your family. Um, okay, so and, and, let me interrupt you for just a second. When you're talking about yeah. not being able to talk politics, are you referring to uh, the guy standing up at the pulpit talking politics, or are you talking about after the service is over and you're you're with your all the people in the church and you're just having conversations about life in general. Is that what you're talking that, about? That time. Um, I agree that the pastor should not be able to, or priests okay. or imams or, 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 or any, you know, religious figure in a, in a preaching position should not be, yeah. you know, I don't, that's not, that's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm talking about, what I, okay. what I'm talking about is, is afterwards, right. When we go get coffee or when we're having donuts in the fellowship hall, or when we, you know, go get lunch because we're good friends, you know, IRL, and we, we want to hang out. Um, you know, those are these are these are these are conversations that that are are really frowned upon. Or even, um, and especially now with social media, um, I I work at a church, um, and I have to put a really tight lid on the things that I say. Um, uh, on Facebook or on Twitter, um, because those are really, those are really public. Um, and the, the things that I say are constantly being scrutinized by, um, other members of my denomination, by, mm-hmm. uh, people in the, um, in, in the church, in the church locally, um, by my not, you know, by, by non-Christians around me, um, you know, everybody looks and everybody sees, um, you know, what's going on there. And, um, if, you know, if I say one thing that, that, um, really gets under the skin of, uh, enough people that would cause trouble for everybody else in the church, I, I become problematic and that's not okay. Um, would you would you be in trouble if people found out you were on the show with us? There is a very specific cut of people that I can think of that would be after my job if they found out I was on this podcast. Um, I gotcha. 
But for the most part, um, people are reasonable. At least the, the people that I'm going to tell I'm on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, um, but no, I mean, there are, it's dangerous to, to, to have things you can't talk – to make the, the subset of things that you can't talk about so broad – um, that it causes people stress and strain in their, in their, in their attempts to do good. Right. Like I, I work, I do what I do because I want to, uh, you know, I, I believe in the mission of the church. Um, I believe in the teachings of Jesus and I want to, I want to help more people engage that mission and those teachings. Um, and, and I can't do that if I'm constantly stressed out and I'm, and I, I'm constantly looking over my shoulder um, about, Somebody, you know, I'm afraid somebody's going to come after me for for something that I I, I think, um, and, and so yeah, so I guess you could say that Christians turn to podcasts to say things they can't say in church because that's exactly what I'm doing. Nah, hey, there you go. Um, <laughs> what a perfect tie-in. <laughs> yeah, um, I think there's more to it than that. Would you allow me a bit of a tangent, a minute or two here to 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 talk about? I mentioned it to you in um, when you sent me this article. Uh, yeah, I don't think Keith knows about it, but I think it's okay. okay. I think it sounds, I think it sounds awesome. I want to hear this. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so Christians are turning to podcasts and, and we have a handful of these, um, that are doing a lot of good. People, um, are talking about really great ideas and, and, and talking about, um, having those, those conversations that you should be able to have at the coffee shop, um, but can't, um, and, and it's great. Um, but, what I'm seeing more than that are um, Facebook groups uh, that are popping up um, where people in, and I've seen some for a couple of different denominations um, that I've been associated with uh, where people on Christians on the fringe of the, the, I I guess sort of quote regular beliefs um, that, you know, that a lot of people have turned into dogma um, you know, we just we, we just reject that, right? We don't think that you. The big one is you don't have to be a Republican to be a Christian uh, in America, and and uh, you don't have to be. Um, you know, there are Democrats or there are liberal individuals who who still think that Jesus was a cool guy and that Jesus had the right ideas and that that Jesus, you know, knew what I, I he was have doing. To that's been one of the more frustrating things for me, considering I, I feel I consider myself a liberal. Like, um, you know, there are a lot of liberals who believe in God. I don't know why everybody thinks liberals are Satanists. But anyway, I, I don't continue. I don't get it. I don't understand. It's like uh, we we like things in boxes. Right. We um, as humans, we sort of defy the concept of entropy in, in the universe. Um, because because we're constantly trying to create order and structure, um, and uh, you, you know I think part of it is is we want to define people, we want to know who people are, and so so that we can understand more about them, so we, we can understand how to interact with them, um, and and I think it's it's really easy um, because. Not all the time, but a lot of times it is true, right? There there is a very strong correlation between. Um, conserv- whoop, excuse me. Um, between uh, conservative political views and um, you know American Christianity, um, you know, and and there is there is correlation between 
um, not having faith and, you know, more, I guess, progressive ideas. Um, I'm not saying it's necessarily strong, and it's, I don't think it's enough to, to make these broad, you know, prejudicial, you know, claims or, or thoughts. But anyways, that's, I, think that, I think that's part of why, why we do that, right? We, we want to know. We, we put things in boxes. Um, yeah, that makes that makes total sense. Um, yeah, so uh, Facebook groups, um, they give us a <laughs> they give was, us a really great. I wasn't place. sure if Keith was going to take that or not. Um, so it, yeah, the it, Facebook groups. So yeah, so these Facebook groups pop up, um, and it gives us a place to have the kinds of conversations that we want to have. Um, and some of them are very, um, like all religion all the time. Like they just want to talk about, um, they, they want to deconstruct the, the, the manual, uh, or of their denomination or, um, um, the, just like the general beliefs of Christianity and like figure out why is it that we believe what we believe and, and, and what is it about this? that is, that makes it so good. Why has it, excuse me, why has it, why has it become dogma or why has it become a core, you know, a core value to Christians or, you know, to a smaller sets, right? There's groups for Catholics like this. There's, there's Nazarenes and Wesleyans and Methodists and Baptists. And, you know, they, they all have these groups. They all want to figure out like, what is it about these, these beliefs that we, that we have been taught for so long you know, why are they good? Or if they, are they good? You know, is this something that's valuable? Is this something that's worth it? Um, and, and is this something that we should be holding on to? Um, and, and the conversations are awesome. The, the, the handful of groups that I'm in, um, people just, you know, when you're untethered and, and you don't feel like you're having to look over your shoulder, you can accomplish a lot. Um, and, and it's, it's really encouraging, um, you know, to have come from, a pretty small town in the Midwest um, to, to sort of grow up and see that, that people are engaging this and that, that people are actively seeking after the answers um, is, uh, you know, it, it's really encouraging. It's, it's what Christianity was about. It's what brought me, that's what got me interested, right? I wanted answers. So I went looking for them and, and uh, people are still doing that. And, and it's, it's great. One thing that I find interesting about it is uh, it seems like people that are kind of turning to new mediums for professing or teaching their faith um, or just even discussing it are tend to be people that are a little bit younger, like, you know, the 40 and below crowd. I, do, do you kind of see this as maybe like the beginnings of an evo evolution of religion in the United States, especially in terms of Christianity? Um, I, I, I hesitate to call it an evolution. Um, well, maybe not actually. Yeah, I, I guess it, it could be. Um, I, I think, I, I think, um, you know, religion is always sort of shifting and changing and, and, of course. and um, I, I think that especially as society changes, right. As we lean as so somebody brought this up in, in, in one of those groups actually about how, um, you know, Christians are training podcasts and, you know, we used to have a few and then we didn't and now we are again, but, but podcasts as a media have, they sort of follow that same trend, right? Like they were really popular in the early 2000s and they, and they kept going for a few years and they sort of dipped off and weren't as big a deal for a while. 
And now in the last year or so, especially they've really come back in a real way. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and I think that say again, everybody has a podcast. Yes. Um, and, and I think that's good. I think that everybody, uh, you know, that it, it broadens the conversation. Um, if you're willing to go outside of your immediate belief circle and you're able to, to engage in a handful of these different things, um, it broadens the conversation. Otherwise you just wind up in echo chambers. Um, but, uh, but as far as this being an evolution of, of American religion and Christianity, uh, I, I think kind of um, it's, it's, it's keeping up with the times, um, you know, in, in early America, Christianity was spread by horseback um, and in, you know, in modern America, it's, it's being spread by the internet. Um, right. I don't, I don't think that, um, I don't think that like a physical brick and mortar church um, will ever go away. Um, or, or I guess the, the physical brick and mortar church, capital C will ever go away. Um, you know, some, some churches will close some, you know, some churches will find that they can't keep up and they may, or maybe don't want to keep up. You know, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a stopping point for everybody. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I do, I see these, these conversations happening in places other than churches. Um, and, uh, and, and I see, I think I do, I think that's going to be the future, um, or at least part of the future. Do you think this is, um, um, in relation to uh, conservative Christianity across the country, the places where like Indiana, where it's pretty conservative and people just don't seem to want to talk about things. Is it, is it really just straight out of that? Um, I I only ask because like, um, I know that for instance, my sister and her husband go to, what they would consider pretty progressive churches that are very accepting of all things kind of a deal. And they talk about stuff that everything's kind of on the table. So I know that those churches exist. So I'm wondering if there's just, there's been so much of a conservative Christian movement that people are trying to uh, find their own way out of it. In much the same way that Keith and I had to eventually find our own community of of atheists that we didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. I think there's something to that. Um, y- you do. You kind of. I mean, you have to find your tribe now a little more than you used to. Where you know, it, with with Christianity, um, especially for so long, it was it it felt really monolithic. Um, and maybe that's just because I was young and I didn't I didn't know enough. I didn't. I guess I didn't. You know my view of Christianity was the, you know, the, the farm church of a hundred people that I went to, um, you know, so, and, and a lot of people do have that experience, uh, in, in rural conservative settings. Um, so I, I think there is something to that, you know, trying, trying to escape that. Um, but, but more than that, I think it's, it's, um, um, a deeper understanding, right. You know, I mentioned earlier how, you know, we're, we're still studying, the Bible and the teachings of Jesus and, you know, the writings that have occurred, you know, since then studying it, um, you know, we, we see more and more, um, our generation kind of hates rules, I think, um, broadly. (laughs) Um, and, uh, I think that for a long time, Christianity was really just this, this con, you know, it it was taught as this, 
series of rules that you followed um, to punch your card, to go to heaven. And that was great. Um, and, and each denomination had their own rules uh, or their own variations of the rules. Um, and you kind of picked the flavor you liked and you went with it. Um, but I think more and more um, as my generation starts to study um, and starts to figure things out for themselves and not just accept the spoon fed narrative that they've had their entire lives. Um, you start to see things like um, that Jesus really did teach about love and forgiveness and tolerance and, and cooperation. Um, and, you know, we're seeing the antithesis of that happening in an institution that we want to love um, and so, um, you know, we, we try to, to do our best to sort of walk both lines, um, you know, to be a part of, cause you know, cause I, I want, I want to be, um, a part of the church because I think the church has, um, a, a way to build community that other places, other organizations don't. Um, but I also, I also want to you know, follow the teachings of Christ and, and love my neighbor and, and, you know, just make the world suck less for everybody. Um, you know, so. no, I got you. I can, I can understand that. Um, so we have Keith and I actually had, had made a decision a couple of weeks ago that, that we would try to keep our shows to an hour. <laughs> oh, and we've had we've had really good conversation. I I went ahead and set this live stream up for ninety minutes just to make sure if we had any um just to make sure I had time. Uh, but uh, we're we're over we're just uh um just over an hour now. Um, I'm going to go ahead and skip the um, next thing that we were going to talk about, which was uh school prayer and the F- FRF. Um, the furf, as other people like mm-hmm. to say, um, for, 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 um, but, uh, it was something I was looking forward to talking with you about Uriah. Um, but at the same time, um, that we've, we've talked a lot about religion without going deep into the differences between why you believe and why we don't. And we'll save that for another time. Um, okay. Keith, sorry, did, were you going to say something? No, I, I was just, going to say the exact same thing you said we should save that for another time and bring Uriah back to discuss this uh, prayer in school issue yes I would love I would love to hit that topic with you guys that sounds great perfect but before we finish there is another story that is rather humorous and scary and sad and unnerving <laughs> yeah <laughs> all of the above <laughs> I, I don't know do you remember who the first uh, issue do you remember the pl- the first player Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving. He was a Cleveland Cavalier, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Former Duke yes. Blue Devil, I believe, as well. Okay. So um, the the uh, um, the <laughs> the little line here that I wrote for it was: uh, "More NBA players are going for the flat Earth hypothesis. This time, it's Shaq." <laughs> <laughs> You know, what's funny about that is I listened to – he actually said that on a podcast. I think it might even be his podcast, but he has it a is. co-host he, with him. Yeah, he co-hosts the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But his co-host just was 
dumbfounded that Shaq was saying these things. He's like, this is, in all the years that we've done this together, this is by far the dumbest thing you've ever said on the show. This is the dumbest thing you've ever done. <laughs> it was so funny. I can't take credit for the joke, but I don't remember, I don't, I can't tell you who said it, but somebody, somebody said, um, you would think that of all the people in the world to accept that the earth is round, it would be Shaq because he's tall enough to see the curve of the earth from his just eyesight. <laughs> I brought this up at work earlier today, and that's exactly what the other people in the office said. <laughs> um, I have to read. I have to read this little part to put everybody uh, to understand. I, this article is actually from I, from uh, the iflscience.com website, which I think sometimes people have issues with. Uh, would you agree, Keith? Yes, it's lost quite a bit of credibility over the years. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, it still provides content that is interesting in, in situations, but yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, with this little passage from this article, um, it says, and kind of a funny, but also, oh God, why news, former NBA basketball player and scientist in training, Shaquille O'Neal has claimed <laughs> Earth is flat. How do, How does he know this? Because it seems flat when he drives from coast to coast. We really <laughs> hope he was joking. Shaq made the comments on a show called The Big Podcast. Uh, please don't read the comments there. When he co-hosts, uh, when, which he co-hosts, back in February, that has, that has just been released. So they, the, the, they recorded the show in February, and I guess it's just released. Below is a genuine verbatim quote of what he said. I drive from coast to coast. And this shit is flat to me. I'm just saying. I drive from Florida to California all the time, and it's flat to me. I do not go up and down at a 360-degree angle and all that stuff about gravity. Have you looked outside Atlanta lately and seen all these buildings? You mean to tell me that China is under us? China is under us? It's not. The world is flat. Oh. (laughs) Pretty incredible. I'm just um, a, a few weeks ago. I reshared. I think it was yeah. I think it was because it was the bas- the first guy the what's his name from Cleveland. Um, I shared the story about him on my own Facebook wall, and I and I and I hashtagged flat Earth and some other things, and it brought in people from all over the freaking world because of oh yeah great, great yeah. hashtag stuff. And there were people on my wall defending flat Earth, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me! How is this it even worked. happening? Where is so this coming I want to I want to say something real quick. I want to point out that you uh, you said all over the earth and not all around the earth. <laughs> Hashtag flat earth. Oh. <laughs> um, how does this work though? How does this happen? Uh, how is it that people can all of a sudden decide that this is not the case, like that the earth is flat? Where does it? Okay. And it's funny because I've looked at these, you know, the people who they have their evidence for this, and I'm just like, what are you missing? How are you missing this? You know, you know what I think it amounts to. This, it, I really think it could be this simple: that so many people just love a good conspiracy theory that they're just willing to latch on to just just yeah. the dumbest shit. <laughs> I, that is that was beautifully stated. Um, I, you know, I think that there's, you know, I think there's something to that, right? People, conspiracy theories are great. Um, you know, I, I enjoy reading those, those articles. Sometimes I like watching those videos. I don't believe 
any of it. But no, man, the, Mandela, the Mandela effect is totally real. Uh, Do you subscribe to Weekly World News? Uh, that is a website. I don't actually. I don't think that's in my uh, browser history. I'm I'm afraid to type it though on live to to, to see for sure. Um, but uh, but no, you know, I think this this stems from a a, a, per, a pet problem for me, which is that we don't educate our athletes in college very well. Um, we focus on winning championships <laughs> instead yeah. of instead of creating educated human beings that are that are good for society. Um, now I I can't obviously I can't make that broad statement truthfully because there's there's there are college athletes who are studying really hard and they're going to go on and they're going to be professionals in something not sports related at all. But Shaq said the world was flat. Yeah, he did. Not okay. <laughs> That's not okay. Uh, um, yeah, I was gonna say you 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 bring that up and talking about athletes who are, um, who, uh, yeah, they they focus more on the sports and whatnot. Um, I was gonna say there are certain athletes. Um, let's see, there, I was trying to remember the specific one. Um, I actually just did a I actually just did a Google search of the top 15 athletes who are atheist um, because I know there's this one particular uh, football player who we had Keith and I had talked about trying to get on the show. You're, I can't you're talking about you're talking about Arian Foster. Yes, Arian Foster, and he is not on this list. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, but um, and I don't want to. I'm not going to say that it ha- you, they have to be an atheist athlete. In order to understand this, but it was one of those things where I'm like, obviously not all athletes. I was going to go for Peyton Manning or something like that because I know the guy's a smart guy, but I wanted somebody else other than Peyton Manning. You know where I'm going with it? Um, <laughs> so you're right. I suppose following off of what you're saying, are we just completely failing our college athletes? Is that what? It, I mean, I strongly kind of felt like yeah. this for a while. Yeah, no, I um gosh. Uh I've I've felt this way for a long time. Um ever since I learned that uh Notre Dame football players don't get a paycheck um even though they're bringing in millions of dollars for the university. Uh Yeah. You know, like that doesn't that never sat right with me. And then I started oh, to learn absolutely. so I, So then I started to learn about some of the classes that these people are taking. Um and by by these people, you know, college, college athletes, um, are who not a lot of them are, are taking these, these classes where, uh, you know, your history report is a paragraph about Abraham Lincoln and it's spelled badly and it is, it's got bad grammar, you know, that. you know, and, and like, and, you know, I spend, you know, I spent my money per credit hour at a university to go and learn something. Um, and, and they are going to come out with the same result that I am, you know, they're going to come out with a bachelor's degree. Um, and, and I guess I feel a little cheated, uh, because why didn't I get to write a one paragraph bad grammar about Abraham Lincoln that I could have learned in second grade? Um, (laughs) yeah, Keith, I almost, I almost kind of wanted to, um, uh, get into the actual science and trying to explain explain it but i don't even know if it's really worth it it's, it almost seems kind of silly no like it, you noticed when you, you brought up the uh post that you had made regarding 
flat earth and yeah. people trying to defend flat earth. And you rem- you remember my response to that? I was like, no, I, I will not entertain this to the, <laughs> to the person that was trying to argue with that. No, I'm not going to look at your video. <laughs> this is one thing I'm just going to close my mind to. Okay, thanks. <laughs> the, somebody posted a video where they were uh, they were riding a boat across Lake Michigan heading to Chicago, and they were trying to prove it. Like there was like so many like 60 miles out or whatever, there should be curvature to the the, the earth and the water, so you shouldn't be able to see the bottom of the the skyline of Chicago. And I watched like. Um, I skimmed through uh, half an hour of the video and stopped occasionally just to see what they were talking about. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm intrigued, but at the same time, I'm like, why am I doing this? Uh, just because yeah. everybody loves a good conspiracy theory. That's why That's I'm right. why we're doing it. I'm like, why do people believe this for? Um now, on a side note, I have to tell you, this list of 15 players, uh, this is something we might have to come back to. That could be fun. <laughs> we've, got, we've got Raphael Nadell, Nadell, the tennis player. Uh-huh. Lance Armstrong. Robert Smith, the Viking. Uh-huh. Uh, then you got uh, Bruce Lee's on here, which he was kind of a Buddhist, probably. And... Uh, then you got kind uh, of a Buddhist, probably. Well, <laughs> he was a humanist. I don't think he ever called himself an atheist, but he was a humanist, and he, I know that he stated a few times that he didn't believe in a higher power, but it was more about um, belief in oneself, basically. That was Bruce Lee's stance. Um, but CM Punk is on the list. He's number three. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then. And then uh, there's another Viking on the list, Chris Clue, Clue, whatever, number one. And uh, he's the guy that uh, um, I think he had some issues after he may have said something about uh, gay marriage or something. I can't remember specifically. And uh, I think he had trouble with the Vikings after that. But do you remember that at all? I vaguely remember him causing some sort of a stir. Yeah, I'm disappointed that the the other guy's not on here though. So I just wanted to point that out. Yeah. <sighs> nice little side note, something for a future show to talk about, I suppose. Always, it's always fun to run into these, especially. Um, I mean, Uriah, the way that we go about things, it's just um, um, there's there are people who won't who don't like to use the word atheist because you use the word atheist, you also have to use the word a leprechaunist. Or a unicornist or something. <laughs> um, and I understand that to an extent. But the other reason, I mean, the reason that I like to use atheist is because um, people think they hear the word atheist and either don't know what it means or assume it means that you're a Satanist. <laughs> and and there's just an element where I'm like, yeah, I'm an atheist. Like I, I've gotten to the point now that when people ask me, I'm just, I just come out with it. Like uh, I had some... Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses stopped by my door a couple years back and um, I opened it up and they started to speak and about 10 seconds into it I was like okay guys hold on a second I'm going to tell you right now I'm an atheist and blah 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 and all of a sudden the conversation got real interesting they like stood back for a second and then it's like oh so you you they got into evolution all kinds of stuff it turned into a 15 minute conversation where I was blowing their minds <laughs> 
But um, yeah, I don't know. That, I guess that was a weird tangent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's good. Those those conversations are, you know, those happenstance com, com, ugh, happenstance conversations uh, are the spice of life. If you ask me. Yeah. Well, um, I guess technically we're done. <laughs> We missed one of our stories. We'll talk about it later. Um, uh, yeah, uh, we've, we've got about 10 minutes left on this stream. Um, is there anything I may have missed that you want to talk about, Keith? Anything that needs to be brought up? I don't think so. I think I'm good. <laughs> you need to get back to your study, don't you? <sighs> yes. Unfortunately. <laughs> well, that's probably it's probably good that uh, we have to go. It's my wife's birthday, um, so I should probably oh, go dude. hang out with her. Dude, <laughs> you didn't have to do this show. <laughs> okay, so can I can I tell you exactly what happened? Um, okay. You sent me a message and said, "Hey, is Monday going to work for you?" And I thought to myself, "Oh, I don't need to check my calendar. Mondays are usually great for me." <laughs> And so I didn't. I did, and then I never, I never checked the calendar until after I committed. Um, and so I thought, well, I, I, yeah. So, anyways, thank your wife okay. for us. Tell her happy birthday. I will. <laughs> um, okay. Well, um, yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you for nearly an hour and a half. Um, I'm sure that if anybody was listening to the show, they're probably like, hey, why didn't you uh, challenge Uriah on anything? And, and well, that's for another show. Um, and more than anything, um, I know Keith and I were certainly looking forward to having a different perspective on the show. I don't know that we're going to necessarily stick to the atheism route specifically. I mean, we are being humanist and we're trying to diversify what we talk about. Um, but uh, yeah, Um Thank you very much for joining us. Um, I it was a pleasure. I enjoyed it. Um, I just hope I didn't. I represented myself well enough that you'll invite me back sometime. I think that if anybody listens to the show, they'll appreciate your uh, knowledge and your um, ease uh, ease of communication with us. That's good. That's you know what? Honestly, that's all, that's all I can ask for. Um, <laughs> as as a as a communications major uh, in school. Um, my 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 hope and my goal was always that you know I can I can uh, uh, express myself clearly and uh, in a way that people don't want to throw things at me for um, and uh, <laughs> you know and if we've do, if we've done that today you know I, my whole degree was worth it. I agree. I it was worth Good it. Job, sir. It, it was worth it, man. <laughs> I enjoyed speaking with you for sure and. Look forward to speaking with you more in the future. Excellent. Um, Good to hear. So with this show, we did not grab um, – I, I didn't grab an outro or anything because I didn't have time for it. So no fun little sound clips for us to play out on or anything like that. But uh, um, at any rate, um, as always, uh, well, we're going to continue doing this live thing because I think it's fun. Hopefully I'll figure it out on the next show. Um, but uh, send us an email uh, beinghumanist.podcast.gmail.com uh, find us on facebook.com slash beinghumanist.podcast and we're on twitter at beinghumanistpc um, 
We've we've also got our number. I was posting on Facebook and uh, whatnot, trying to get people interested in locally and in listening to the show, but it, it didn't work as well as I'd hoped it would. Uh, but um, hey, we'll be back in a week or two, probably. I'm guessing, Keith. <laughs> yeah, it, it shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I guess as you know, thank you, Uriah, for being here. You've got all our uh, contact information to find us. Um, yeah, uh, I'm I'm Mike, and I am Keith. It's really hard to work on these cues when I'm not face to face with you. Uh, I'm Uriah, and you're, <laughs> and you're listening to Being Humanist, and we implore you to keep thinking. Yes, always keep thinking. <laughs> Good night, everybody. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>